Gracious God, let these words be more than words. Give us the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Today is the Feast of All Saints, and uh, today we celebrate not just one saint or another saint, not just St. Lucy or St. Barnabas, we celebrate all of the saints. And in the Episcopal Church, we tend to put together the festivals of all saints and all souls. And I'll say a word about that. Uh, But partly it's because as Episcopalians, we're not exactly sure what to do with saints. Uh, We're really not. And so much so that our general convention, our governing body, has currently about three calendars. And two of them are sort of quasi-official, which means that as an Episcopal priest, I don't actually know which people count as saints and which don't at the moment. Uh, Maybe when they meet in 2021, they'll straighten things out. So we Episcopalians get a little confused about what we mean by saints, but unofficially, Episcopalians really like saints. Most Episcopal churches are named for saints. Holy Communion is really an outlier with our name. Most of them are St. Luke's or St. Peter's or one of those types of names. In my view, though, the best Episcopalian understanding of sainthood doesn't come from an official document or a proclamation of a bishop or a convention. The best Episcopalian understanding of sainthood comes from the author Madeline Lingle. Uh, She's famous as the writer of A Wrinkle in Time. She wrote quite a bit more than just that. She was an Episcopalian, and she used to canonize her own saints. Madeline wrote about St. Johann Sebastian Bach and St. Albert Einstein. She talked about the lives of those she looked to to help point her to the divine. I really like Madeline's idea of sainthood because she makes the saints seem more approachable. We know J.S. Bach was a great composer, a wonderful organist, and a very human being. We know Einstein was a genius and that he could be a bit of a mess. Think about that hair. See, we have the capacity as a human being to hold up certain people. We hold up certain examples. And we learn to be better humans by emulation. But it's helpful if the people we are emulating are themselves human. See, we grow by following examples. We learn kindness and gentleness, patience and prayer when we see those virtues modeled by those we admire. We learn to be generous when we see our parents, our grandparents, faithfully giving away their time, their talent, their money. We learn prayer when our families pray together over meals or at bedtime. We learn strength when we walk with a friend who is facing cancer and yet who will still take time to make us laugh. We learn virtues by looking up to others. The major saints which we honor in the church and the minor saints, the personal saints, the mentors and godparents They help point us in the direction of the heavenly banquet. We measure our spiritual health by their example. I love the hymn that we started our service with for All Saints Day. I sing a song of the saints of God. As an aside, I know the hymn isn't exactly what you would call a fine piece of music. Many organists I've worked with have complained about the childish tune, not Jay, Jay's fantastic, um, but other organists have complained that it's childish. I can be a bit childish about the words. 
Uh, there are several alternatives. My favorite rewrite of the first verse goes like this. And one was a doctor, and one was a queen, and one was both, if you know what I mean. <laughs> if you continue the hymn, though, there's one line I never mess with. It's some of the best theology, I think, in the whole of the hymnal. It goes like this. The saints of God are just folk like me, and I aim to be one too. In a few moments, we're going to stand up as a congregation and we'll make promises together. We'll repeat again our baptismal covenant, our rule of life as a congregation. We're going to stand together and we're going to promise to continue the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread and the prayers. We'll promise to resist evil. And when we fall into sin, notice it says when, not if. We suspect that there are no perfect people, and I can confirm after four and a half years as the rector of Holy Communion, there aren't any perfect people here. When we fall into sin, we will repent and return to God. We'll promise to proclaim God's good news in word and example. We'll promise to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbor as ourselves. We'll promise to strive for justice and peace among all people and to respect the dignity of every human being. We make these promises together, and we promise together to do something else this morning. Before we make those promises, we'll promise to do all in our power as a congregation to support the four kids that we're baptizing this morning in their life. We'll support the kids and their parents and their godparents who will stand up here. We will stand together and, and we'll make these promises. Because we think in the church we stand together or we don't stand at all. We don't grow, we don't live our vows and promises alone. But only with the support of our family, of our friends, of our co-parents, of our church. We can only live out these big intentions we can only mean to be a saint too if we support one another, if we check in on one another, if we pray for one another, if we show up with a cup of coffee and the gift of time, an extra hour to listen. We only survive this life of faith. We only survive the extreme joys and the deep depths of life if we walk together, if we stand together. We walk this way together because the way is difficult. Let's not kid ourselves. The gospel that Jesus brings is countercultural. Jesus' teaching is difficult, it's challenging. The promises we'll make at our baptism, they're countercultural. And we need support. We need the saints, those who went before us and those who stand with us. Because they point us to the way of Jesus, the way of love. Sometimes they point us imperfectly, but they point us. We promise to live this rule, to fulfill this covenant as a way of growing into what St. Paul called the full stature of Christ. Now let's look together at the gospel for a moment, at that challenging way of Jesus. And today's gospel, in our common English translation, it's marked for two phrases that are repeated again and again. Happy are you, and how terrible for you. 
The common English is rendering more modern what is often blessed and cursed. Happy for are you, and how terrible for you. Jesus holds together the two sides of life. In Luke's gospel, these are the first words of teaching to his newly chosen apostles. Jesus lifts his eyes to his followers, the gospel tells us, and says, Happy are you who are poor. Can you feel that shockwave? Happy are you who are poor? Throughout time and eternity, wealth and health, they've been interpreted as signs of God's blessing. After all Job's suffering, God gives Job great wealth after all. Even today, how often do we hear someone say of their many possessions, I'm blessed. Hashtag blessed. (laughs) Happy are you who are poor? Jesus says. Those words were a challenge to his own followers, and they're a challenge to us who seek to follow Jesus today. Happy are you who hunger, who weep when people hate you. This is not the popular wisdom of our day. This isn't popular in any day. Jesus is turning our sensibilities upside down. Jesus challenges us to see the world from a different angle. Jesus asks us to grow. And we'll need one another. We'll need examples. We'll need the fellowship of saints if we want to live this demanding countercultural way of love. Jesus, toward the end of our reading, he has a word about those who would strike us down. The Episcopal priest and contemplative Cynthia Bourgeau writes about the gift of the enemy. The gift of the enemy. And much like Jesus' famous teaching to offer the other cheek, she says this, The enemy is never the problem, but the opportunity. The problem will never be solved through eliminating or silencing the opposition, but only through creating a new field of possibility, large enough to hold the tension of the opposites and launch them in a new direction. Imagine if we learned to hold together better in our society. Imagine if we learned not just from our saints, but from our adversaries. Imagine if we found a way to live with less polarization, if we found a way to hold that tension of the opposites and launch in a new direction. Imagine if we saw difference as an opportunity. This church, Holy Communion, It seeks to hold together folks who the world often sets up as polar opposites. Black and white, women and men, immigrants and natives, LGBTQ plus and so-called straight people, young and not so young, so-called able-bodied and so-called disabled folks. We hold together this surprisingly diverse church because we believe the saints of God come in all shapes and sizes, genders, identities, orientations, and abilities. We believe that to know the fullness of God, to live the fullest life in Christ, to walk the way of love, to walk the way of Jesus, we need all kinds of examples. We need mentors and friends, godparents and chosen family who do not look like us, who do not love like us, who do not move like us, who do not think like us. Our service today seeks to hold together opposites. This morning, we give thanks for life at its very beginning as we baptize four young souls. 
And at the same time, we're going to bless those who have come to the end of life. We call to mind those who have died as we dedicate our altar of remembrance, as we celebrate the feast of all saints and all souls. This morning, we hold together the two ends of life with blessing. We sing a song of the saints that went before us and the saints who stand with us and the saints yet to come. We thank God that we don't walk this life alone. We don't make promises to grow, to challenge the injustices of this world. We don't aim to live this life of faith alone. We give thanks today for those who came before us, for those we love but see no longer. We also give thanks for the next generation of saints to come. May they be patient and brave and true. Amen.